unseen power is set in motion. The tongue is a small thing, but like a tiny spark can set a great force on fire. Once spoken, our words begin blazing a trail through the hearts and lives of those around us. One kind word can demolish guilt. It can inspire hope. But the same words have also embraced hatred and executed innocence. Once spoken, our words scorch their feelings and emotions on a level that only they can produce. Your words set up a chain of events beyond your control and of which you will never know. One word can destroy beliefs, harden hearts, or cultivate hatred. But they can also demonstrate faith, display forgiveness, and nurture love. The power of life and death lies in a single word, and we, the image of God, have this power in one word. Hey, good morning, Crossroads. Welcome, Crossroads Online. Sounds a different word nowadays to say that, but, but we're in the midst of crazy times and crazy stuff is happening. But thanks so much for, for joining us today online. Our series, Be Wise, though, has been a lot of different things. It's wise with where you go, right? A lot of it's wise with who you go with. Maybe it's wise with who you listen to. Maybe it's kind of wise with what you say. It goes on and on and on. Uh, my name's Rob. I'm one of the incredible privileges this morning to sit down and to talk with you today and to share with you, and hopefully you'll be encouraged today. What was it the video said? Our words, once spoken, scorch, which is a crazy word, scorch. You could say everything more profoundly and impact things more than we could ever imagine possible. But here's the thing. Think about these words this morning just for a second, like Zoom calls. Who's Zoom called out? I am, okay? Like, I'm, a, I'm over Zoom calls. I want to do something else. Call it something else. Or face masks. Whoever thought we'd be using the face mask on a regular basis, on a day-to-day basis? Or social distancing. Sounds like punishment, but actually it is. But never mind. COVID-19. It could be COVID-19.5, COVID-18.5, whatever it would be. COVID tests. You watch the videos on on TV about how to take a COVID test and you run a mile. They stick that thing way up your nose, down your throat, and pull it back. Crazy words. What about a coronavirus, right? Or isolation, or quarantine, or the Wuhan market, right? Or China, or 401k, or retirement, or the stock market, or civil unrest, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Words that a couple of months ago, if the truth be said, didn't mean as much as they do today. I didn't even know there was a market in Wuhan, to be honest. I didn't even know that there was a word that quarantine was used for stuff that we're doing today. There's words that are floating around our vocabulary today that have become so normal that a couple of months ago, some of us didn't really care. Most people now are looking at their 401k every day, where some people never looked at it for years. But all of a sudden, when 401k is mentioned on TV, everybody panics because the stock market's going to collapse or the stock market's coming back. Words. Yet, <clears throat> when these words are mentioned today, they generate a really different emotion that they didn't do a few months ago. I mean, you go to a store now, and you don't have a mask on, and people explode at you. Where's your mask? Where's this? Where's that? And all this stuff, there's an emotion attached to these words that a couple of months ago really didn't have that much emotion. My hope would be, though, today, by the end of our time today, we would maybe have a little bit more awareness of how profound our words are and how profound our words, the effect they have on each other, because they actually do. 
Words are singularly the most powerful force available to humanity. We can choose to use them constructively with words of encouragement, or we can use them destructively using words of disrespect or dishonor people. Words have energy and power that can heal, they can hinder, they can hurt, they can harm, they can actually humiliate. In fact, people use them to humiliate one another, and they can humble someone just like that. I mean, just look at the impact the words from the media have on us, right? On people, and then we go ahead and we share that, those words that they share with us with other people on social media, and it becomes a firestorm. Well, that depended upon who you like, right? If you like a certain group, then you like their words, you're glad about it. But if you like a different group, then you're mad about it. But we listen to words that are shared to us by the media, and then we share them on Facebook and everywhere else, and it creates a ripple effect that impacts people's lives in a profound way. But as you think back through quarantine or isolation, however you want to call it, the experience, what are some of the memories that you'll take forward from your experience for you? Will it be new disciplines in the three months or whatever it was that we've been kind of isolated and cooped up? Will it be new habits? Will it be bad habits? Will it be new desires? Will it be new memories? Will it be new goals? Will it be new hopes? Will it be new plans? Will it be new priorities, etc., etc., etc.? All those things probably happened for a lot of people. But I know for me, actually, it was some of the words that were spoken over and into my life, believe it or not. That Jesus had spoken to me through my incredible partner, my best friend, and my hot Filipino babe wife. Ow! <laughs> And the words that she said to me in the last three months, that she took the time to pause and see what was going on in my life the last three months and and took a moment, and rather than tearing me down and calling me out, she called me up. Called me up simply by the words that she said. She's profoundly impacted my life by the incredible words of encouragement and support that she's spoken to me through this quarantine season. True, yes, but always, always in love. But they're just words, right? Aren't they? What's the old nursery rhyme? Sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. What an absolute lie that is, right? It says this by Jasmine West. A broken bone can heal, but the the wound a word opens can fester forever and sadly does for a lot of people. A lot of people can have a word spoken in their life now that literally tears open a wound. And years later, that wound is still festering and seeping long beyond the person that spoke the word has gone. And someone steps into our life who wants to speak love and life to us. And because of the wound that that word ripped open, their words of encouragement become words distorted. And we receive them inappropriately and wrong. They, they do something kind by speaking or doing something to us. And we react out of this woundedness that someone's word had spoken or developed in our life years ago. Words have the power to transform someone's life in a split second for good or bad. See, the words that we absorb will eventually affect everything about us. I know words did for me and it changed my life forever, actually. Jesus, through John and Dory McMillan's words to me over 40 years ago, transformed and changed the trajectory of my life in a flash. As a young 15-year-old, I simply heard the words, Rob, 
you're forgiven, and I love you. And by the way, my name is Jesus. Rob, would you love others as you felt loved by me? And as of this day, as a sprightly young 55-year-old, as it were, <clears throat> I've spent the rest of my life trying to do that, to allow the words that Jesus spoke into my life all those years ago to become an ointment or a river or an expression into other people's lives. This is probably really personal, and I'm really sorry if it is, and please forgive me, but I detest sarcasm. I think sarcasm is one of the most weakest forms of communication, and especially men, because I am one, okay? Especially men tend to use sarcasm rather than affirmation to speak to people. I just wonder what would happen if the men in our society, I'll talk to the men in our society a second, if the men in our society laid down sarcasm and picked up affirmation, I wonder what difference it would make in people's lives. I wonder what difference it would make in your son's lives, in your daughter's lives. In other people's lives, if men just laid sarcasm aside, because it's not good. But affirmation brings life to the bones of people, if we'll allow it to go there. How powerful are words? I want you to take a look at a video for a second and enjoy it. Actually, truth fact, this is incredibly powerful when you listen to the reality of what's taken place in our century because of this man's life. Thank you so much, guys. simple set of words change the trajectory of someone's life. One of our pastors, Pastor Joe, just shared their friend of him, text him from the other side of the country. He's an African-American gentleman. And one of the things that Joe was sharing that stood out to me is if people would take the time to sit down and just talk with one another, get to know one another, understand one another, maybe things would be different. And what would it take? It would take us taking a few of our words and using them with a desire to discover and to know somebody else. Rather than making a judgment for a distance, we'd got close and personal 
and allow our word to create bridges of relationship and understanding. How difficult is it? It's actually not. It's just time-consuming and intentionality that we'd be intentional of engaging with one another and learning about one another and, and sharing and using our words to connect with one another. Pearl Strachan heard said this, handle them carefully for words have more power than atom bombs. Handle them really carefully. Your words, my words are like atom bombs spoken into people's lives. See, if you change your words, you can change your world. If you change how we talk to one another, we could literally change the world around about us. Mother Teresa said this, kind words can be short and easy to speak, but their echoes are truly endless. What words would you want to echo in someone's life long after you are gone? What words would you want to echo in someone's life later on this week when they think back to the interaction, the time they had with you on Sunday or Monday or Tuesday, whatever that it come Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they're still thinking about the echoes that have been caused in their life by the words that you and I have spoken into their life. Words are seeds and do more than blow around. They land in our hearts and not the ground. Be careful what you plant and careful what you say. You might have to eat what you planted one day. Our words create growth in people's lives more profoundly than we could ever imagine. See, if we could change our words, we might just change our world. We might just change our relationships. We might just change our families. We might just change our workplace. We might just change our church. Our men were talking on Saturday morning at the second cup of coffee about the prodigal son coming home. And I won't go into the whole story in case... You probably know it, maybe you don't, but basically his son took some of his dad's inheritance, disappeared, found himself in a pig pen eating pig food and all that, and covered in it, probably smelling of it. And it says he came to his senses and he came home. In that moment, his father saw him from a distance and he ran to him and it says he fell on his neck and said some profound words to him. But if the father had said, you stink, you loser, you whatever, Maybe the story would have been different that some would have turned around and left again. But in the midst of a relationship being restored, the right words that were spoken changed everything for the son and everything for the father. See, if you change your words, you might just change your world high. Well, for starters, maybe decide to stop destructive self-talk. The power of words gone wild is what I would call it. I'm ugly, I'm fat, I'm too thin, I'm stupid, I'm useless, I'm of no value, I'm forgotten, I've been rejected, I am. You fill in the blank for the negative self-talk that you allow to take place in your life. See, negative self-talk words are like a cancer that will eat away at anything healthy that you can get its claws into and we allow the negative stuff that's been poured into our life by others and it stays there and it literally drips that into our heart and our life. It starts to eat away at the healthy stuff that's inside of us. For those joining us online this morning, guys, thank you so much for doing that. Here's a question I would love you to interact with and maybe if you're comfortable, maybe punch an answer into the text box below. Here's the question. As you think back on your life, what words spoken to you do you remember the most and why do you think that that is. If you think back on your life and the words that have been spoken to you, you remember them. What are the ones you remember and why do you think that is that you hold on to those ones instead? While you're 
kind of interacting online and answering that, please, we'd love to hear from you. I want to read you some answers that some people in our church were comfortable sharing with me, and I won't use their names. But here's what some friends had to say while sharing their thoughts, while you're sharing your thoughts. The words that have stayed with me the longest are the ones I said to myself. Since I was little, not good enough, whether it was you're not good enough or that it wasn't good enough or you'll never be good enough, I believed that lie for a long, long time, even up into my adult life. As a child, my mom would tell me I was just like Uncle Mike. Whenever I was too shy or nerdy or bookish, Mike was my dad's brother. He lived with his mother, and now I would say that he was mildly artistic because I knew it was negative because I heard my mom talk bad about him all the time. It caused me to hold back in my life, to hide my curiosity and my introspective nature. I was embarrassed to succeed academically, academically because of it. Seven years, several years ago, I was overwhelmed with painful childhood memories and depression. As I talked with friends and other believers, they either commiserated with me in the pain of it, or they just minimized it. My one friend, though, shook me by being so excited for what the Lord was going to do through all of it. She really flipped it for me. She brought hope and expectation into it for me, and it changed my life from that point on forever. I've never forgotten the conversation or the principle that she highlighted in that interaction with her words to me. From my mom, marriage is work, and you have to work at it every day. Oh, I wish young couples in love could grasp that one early on. It might save them a bunch of pain, because they always think, we're going to do it better than everybody else. And they just drop that hard work thing, and it's just romantic. Words. My dad has always been a strong man, and not always the most affectionate. Maybe because of the bad example set by society that men need to be strong and keep their feelings bottled inside. I'm not sure, but when I was little, I was going to Disneyland with my mom's family. Before leaving the house for the airport, my dad, my dad said something, words, that I can't recall him ever saying to me. He said, be safe, and I love you. I'd never told my dad that I loved him before because I had never heard it from him. I didn't know that I was allowed to do that. Before leaving, all I could say was, yep, you too, because I was shocked. But those words set a new thing in motion. Nigh, a conversation can't end with my dad until we tell each other that we love each other. That relationship has grown and evolved since then. Please hear this today. All that it took was a few simple life-giving words for a child to know that it was okay to say, I love you. Some of the most powerful words that are some of the most unused words in the world that could change everything. I change your words, you can change your world as this. I'm sorry, I love you, please forgive me. I'm sorry, I love you, please forgive me. Maybe you've heard this before. Another way to use words destructively is, I heard this in the military, maybe you've heard this in civilian life, is, is loose lips sink ships. 
I don't know if you know where that comes from. It was a, a wartime expression, meaning unguarded talk may give useful information to the enemy. The phrase was coined as a slogan during World War II as part of the U.S. Office of War. It was their attempt to limit the possibility of people inadvertently giving useful information over to enemy spies. But the sad reality is so often we don't even realize the impact of our negative words have until afterwards or sadly until it's way, way too late. So often we use them so unwisely in ways that cause so much harm and so much hurt in people's lives. It's called ignorance and probably a few other words I can't say on video this morning, to be honest. Here's a story for you. You may have heard this before, but it really stood out to me this week as I thought back over it. There's a story that I've heard in lots of different ways, but it always has the same ending lesson. It seems that a prominent church member saw a young woman leaving the pastor's office one morning before office hours. The younger woman was just distraught and just distraught. And due to the early hour, the older woman thought this was odd. Later, the older woman heard that the younger woman was divorcing her husband. So she told her friends about their early morning incident. They speculated that the young woman was having an affair with the pastor. Soon this rumor spread throughout the whole congregation. The older, woman, the older woman then found out that the rumor was false. The couple wasn't getting divorced after all. The younger woman had been suffering from depression and had spent the whole night counseling with the pastor and his wife in their office. Because of gossip, the reputation of both the younger woman and the pastor had been severely damaged. The older woman went to the pastor and asked how she could rectify the situation. pastor replied, I want you to take a feather pillow to the top of the hill, rip it open, and scatter the feathers upon the wind. Wait for 30 minutes, and then go pick up every feather. That's impossible, exclaimed the older woman. That's right, replied the pastor. It's impossible to connect and change the opinion of every person who heard what you had to say. See, that's what happens when our words are not life-giving. Words have power. Words have strength. Words have profound, profound impact. Their meaning crystallizes perceptions. They shape our beliefs. They drive our behavior, ultimately create our world. Their power arises from our emotion in the responses to what we read, what we speak, or what we hear. I mean, seriously, just shout fire while barbecuing, and it changes everybody's opinion of what's happening. Or in the workplace, or in a crowded theater, and you get completely different but powerful emotional and energetic reactions from people. The Bible idea on this says this, if anyone believes they have a relationship with God, but fails to guard their words, then their heart is drifting away, and their religion is shallow and empty. Don't guard your words. Our, our effectiveness as believers becomes shallow and empty. Someone can be close to you physically, but 10,000 miles away from you emotionally. It's no secret that the way we communicate with ourselves, how we say what we say to ourselves, plays a major role in the way we see and interact and experience the world around about us. In fact, there's incredible encouragement in the Bible to warn us to watch how we use our words and what words we receive into our lives. Favorite scripture of mine, well, the whole book's a favorite scripture of mine, 
But Psalm 19, 14 says this, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. May the words of my mouth, the reason we have words in our mouth is we have words in our heart. You literally fill your heart with words that come out. We fill our heart with behaviors. We fill our heart with experiences that come out in the words that we say to one another. I was joking with somebody. It's amazing. Every freshman in college hates getting hazed, right? But it's amazing when they get to being a senior, they love to haze the freshmen. Yet when I was a freshman, the impact and the influence it had on me, the things that were said to me, I hated it. But yet when I move in, it's my turn. We return the favor or the damage to others, and our words become hurtful and destructive to other people. And yet God tells us to be in a place of, may the words of my heart, David says, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing. What is it that's stirring in my heart and stirring in my mouth to say to people is really important, and God calls us to a kind for it. Proverbs 13, 3 says, guard your words, and you'll guard your life. But if you don't control your tongue, it will ruin everything. Don't control our tongue. It impacts everything else about our life. And God warns us, guard your word. Guard what you bring into what you're going to say to other people. How powerful are our words? Well, let's go all the way back to the very, very beginning of all of this in Genesis 1, 1 through 3. It says this, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. God simply spoke existence, this existence into being by simply what he said. And so can we in people's lives. That story about that young man's father in a moment speaking words of profound life over him changed everything about him from that moment on in their relationship. Simply, I love you. Be safe. I love you. It set that young man's mind and heart in a whole different trajectory. Simply because a father spoke life into a situation. Our father spoke life into this situation. And it happened instantaneously. Flash forward to the New Testament, John 11. Then Jesus shouted, used words, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in graves clothes, his face wrapped in a head cloth. Jesus told him, unwrap him and let him go. Jesus simply speaking words into a situation brought life into a situation. I go back to the story of the father, be safe, I love you brought life to that situation. It unwrapped that situation that had been so bound by so many things that it had kept them both separated how they talked to one another. And simply a father going, be safe, son. I love you. Unwrapped everything for both of them and set them on a whole different trajectory. When words are used correctly, they help create life. But when they're used incorrectly, words can destroy life or our potential Bible puts it this way in Proverbs. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You and I get to choose. Can I go back to something that's just personal to me? I look at our media, and I please, I'm not a red or a blue in this. But I would encourage you to be careful what you listen to. 
on the news. His words kill. They either give life, they either take life, they're either fruit or poison. And we get so conditioned by what we're hearing, and then we repeat it back out into the media and into Facebook and everything else. And the impact it has on people's life is profound. But as believers, we only have one choice here. We don't get to choose poison. We get to choose fruit. We don't get to use words that kill. We get to use words that give life. Because Jesus spoke life to you and I. So he came and transformed and changed us from the inside out. That we would become literally a shining torch, a light for him. That he would hold up and let people see. And I would encourage you to say, be careful how you use your words on social media. Because we never know how far the ripples go. Galatians 6, 7 says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. I would be careful and encourage you to be careful what you plant with your words because the words that you plant will produce a fruit or a poison or a weed that you have no control of and it will get everywhere and it can get out. And God tells us to be careful how we use our words because it creates a harvest in our life in a way that we have no idea how far it will go. See, nothing has the power to ruin or restore a life more than your words. Nothing has the power to ruin or restore a life more than the words that you and I choose to use. We hear people joke all the time that, that such and such had a parking lot conversation. That's a negative connotation. See, we're in meetings in our lives, in our businesses, in our work with, with our friends, and we're all smiles and wonderful. And then we walk to the parking lot with a couple of people, and we say things in the parking lot we'd never say to someone's face. Let me ask you a question. If the tables were turned, would you like to be the person that's being talked about in the parking lot, being the person that's standing inside? The answer is obviously no. And then be careful, because here's the thing. Nothing, absolutely nothing, has the power to ruin or restore a life in the words that you and I choose to speak and use. We never know how impactful our words are on people's lives. It was 8.52 this morning. And I received this text this morning at 8.52. Praying for you this morning. So thankful you followed the call of Jesus and stepped out of Ireland and came here. For by knowing you, I'm a better follower of Jesus. Peace be with you, my friend. I text him back, Pastor Adam Burke, who's now in California on the coast. Thank you so much. You have no idea how much that means to me today. Nothing has the power to ruin or restore a life or a relationship more than our words. The power of pursuing the right words one of the key scriptures we've been using for this whole series is Proverbs 19.8. It says, do yourself a favor and love wisdom. Learn all you can, then watch your life flourish and prosper. Most profound words you and I could sit and just absorb 
is do yourself a favor and love wisdom. Whose wisdom? His wisdom. His wisdom is constantly life-giving. Constantly, on a daily basis, he's available to allow us to have a restart. His mercies are new every morning. We get to press the reset button every single day. Pursuing the right words, these words. Do yourself a favor. In the midst of quarantine, coming out of quarantine, all the stuff that's going on in our society right now, do yourself a favor and love his wisdom. Learn all you can from his words and watch your life flourish and prosper in the way that he designed it to be and go. Matthew 7 says this, everyone then who hears these words, hears these words of mine, and does them will be a wise man who built his house on the rock. Words. Depending which words you choose to listen to, and again, I'm not being political here, but CNN over here, you got Fox over here, right? Depending which one you listen to will eject different types of words that people absorb and get impacted by. And some people love the CNN side, some people love the Fox side, I'm not saying but, but the words that we absorb ultimately affect us. The words that we absorb ultimately affect us and change our lives. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. Change your words. Change your world. Good or bad, there is only two choices. We either use our words to prey on people, as in P-R-E-Y, or we actually use our words to pray for people, P-R-A-Y. And I don't want to get into this, I'll make this morning political, but right now our society, our community needs your words of hope and life and encouragement. I want to stop this morning and pray for a couple of people who really need our help this morning. That's our governor, Governor Herbert. Our local police officers, our local enforcement officers here in our community. I know we're watching the news and yet here in our own state there's violence and thievery and destructive behavior going on in our culture. And I want to ask you this morning, I want to take my words and speak life into our state and our situation, our circumstances because Jesus is the answer to everything. So join me this morning. Heavenly Father, I just come to you today and I know you're the one who brings hope. Lord, I thank you for my governor and I pray for him and his family and his staff this morning and the tension that they're dealing with. Lord, I lift our state before you. I lift our nation before you. Lord, I lift our police forces across our nation before you. But Lord, I personalize it to our one here. And I lift the Weber County Sheriff's Office, our own group of sheriffs here. I lift my sheriff before you this morning. Lord, these men and women are desperate to serve us. And so, Dad, today, we as a church, we ask you to come and allow your glory and your presence and your power to fall on our state and our nation to calm people's words, to go away from being destructive, to be in words that would speak life. Lord, we ask you to come and intervene in our circumstances. I ask you to come and protect 
and guide and look after our police officers, Lord Jesus, and all those who serve us in that capacity. Today, Father God, we ask for your favor and your grace, your covering and your protection to be upon them. And as a society, and I include myself in it, Lord Jesus, help us to stop and to speak life to one another, to speak hope to one another, to speak encouragement to one another as we walk through the tensions that we're all facing. So, Father God, we ask you to come. We ask you to allow your grace to be released upon our society, that, Lord Jesus, we would come, God, and we would allow your words of life to maybe penetrate us at the deepest of level, to bring refreshing to who we are in your precious, precious name, Jesus. Words kill or they give life. There is no in between. Regardless of whether they are said to you or come from you. We can go back in our minds to the teacher or the coach or the grandparent, etc. Our friend who spoke life-giving words to us and it changed us forever. Mine is Mrs. White. In high school, I was a bad, bad boy. Bad, bad boy. Everybody else wrote me off. Except Mrs. White. She's my English teacher, and I hate English. I'm a math guy. But Mrs. White sat me down literally year after year after year and said, Robert, there is more in you than you're willing to believe because of what people have said to you. Mrs. White, I finally believed it. I finally believed it. And it changed my life. I want to say thank you for looking at this kid's life. And not seeing the dirt, but seeing the diamond. And calling it out because the life-giving words that you use to speak to me. We can remember how much wind it put in your seals. Or can you maybe remember? Hopefully you can. Remember the wind that it put in your seals when people said these life-giving words to you. I believe in you. I'm for you. I can see you. I've got your back. Oh, these profound life-changing words from Jesus. Hey, Rob, you're forgiven. Oh, these words from Jesus. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Oh, these words that you and I could say to Jesus. Jesus, please forgive me and make me clean. Who maybe needs to hear those words today? Or maybe you need to say those words to someone today. Who maybe needs to hear them from you so that you can be set free or they can be set free. Go back to the story, the young man. Be safe. I love you. It literally changed his life in that moment. Be safe, son. I love you. It changed their relationship. It changed everything about the trajectory that their life was on in that moment. Who needs to hear those words from you? That I forgive you. That you're sorry. That I want to put things right. That I'm willing to be open. That I'm willing to try. Who, who needs to hear words that could literally bring relationships back together in your life today? 
Who could you say those words to today to help set free to be everything that God has called them to be? These two things are really simple. One is not good because it's dirty and horrible and it's destructive words and I don't want to drink it because you don't want to know what's in there. In fact, it's disgusting. Or this one. And it's fresh, clean water. It's life-giving words, as it were. You're welcome to speak them. You're welcome to receive them. You're welcome to allow God to truly impact and transform and change your life if you let him. We can also go back in our minds, though, to hurtful and attacking words that scarred us. And even though it's been many years, we can remember it and still feel the emotion of it like it was yesterday. But how do you dilute those negative words and those negative stuff in your life? That's easy. You change your world. Change your world. You change the world, words that are being spoken into you so you can speak different ones out. You could decide to listen to life-giving words rather than just life-taking words. Like you're a new creation. You're a child of God. You're a masterpiece. You're called. You're set apart. You're Jesus' friend, etc., 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 etc. You and I have to choose where their words are going to come from. And again, please, I'm just using this because it works. But you can choose CNN or you can choose Fox. You can choose negative stuff. You can choose positive stuff, however you want to break it down. You're going to choose how the words are going to get into your life and what words are going to get into your life. Here's an encouragement you want to try it this week. There's a version Bible devotional you can click on. You can jump on a lot to be a part of your life this week. It's called Who I Am in Christ. Not who I am in America. Not who I am in a relationship. Not who I am at work. Not who I am with the toys and stuff I have. Not who I am with my friends, my college friends, my high school friends. Not who I am with doing all the stuff I do. None of that. It's who you and I are in Christ. Because at the end of the day, the best way to be a person that speaks life to other people is to discover who you are in Christ and allow his words to permeate us at the deepest, the deepest of levels. I encourage you this week, and I know some people may struggle with this, but do me a favor. If you drive past a police officer, they happen to walk into Starbucks or go get a cup of coffee or something or a Jamba Juice or McDonald's, whatever, and it's a police officer in front of you or behind you, for God's sake, buy his coffee and just say thank you. Buy his lunch. And just say thank you for what you do. Because right now, they are beaten down. They're beaten down and rejected by the society they're trying to protect. Your words of life could literally transform an officer's day. I was in a coffee shop a while ago and I bought an officer a cup of coffee. And it was when there was other tensions going on and he stopped me on the way out and he asked me why. I said, because I could and he goes, he asked me my name, and I told him my name was Robert. And he said, Robert, the truth be said, I kind of drive around most days and wonder if people even know I exist. You have no idea what the price of a cup of coffee and a kind word has done for me today. So as the church, guys, let's be life givers with the words that we use for other people. And the best place to find them is in reading things like this and allowing it to permeate your life. You've never said yes to Jesus. You want to do that. Jesus, yes, please, and forgive me. Jesus, come and change my life. Jesus, please forgive me. If that's you today and you've never taken that chance to go, Jesus, I want you to come and change my life, just simply do that. Just text. Text, I want Jesus to 97,000. 
and kind of go from there and we'll walk you through the process that Jesus wants to come and transform you and change you right where you're at and allow his words to wash you from deep, deep inside to allow you to be everything he's designed you to be. You'll still do with society's opinion, but when you discover his opinion about you, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what other people say because you discover what he says about you and his words become life-giving. So if you get a chance, text it or go into the text box and say, hey, whoever the person is that's mediating what you're listening to online, I'd like to give my life. I'd like to invite Christ to come and change me. You text that or text in the box and one of the people will respond to you and walk you through the process of what it looks like to let Jesus' words wash you at the deepest of level. And I promise you, they will change you forever. Change you forever because he wants to. He wants you to give you life and give you life abundantly. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. May the words of who Jesus is, wash you at the deepest, deepest of level and let you find life afresh because his words bring life in ways that no other words do. Have a great day. God bless you guys and take care for now. Thank you so much.